Welcome to the Zenov podcast. You are listening to our business resilience series where we bring to you conversations with eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate through journeys of crisis resilience and growth. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Zenov podcast on business resilience. In today's episode, we will be covering the healthcare sector and more specifically telemedicine. As we all know, the healthcare sector has been at the forefront of the COVID crisis, and healthcare workers have been on the front line, striving to flatten the curve every single day. But as the saying goes, not all heroes wear capes, and within the healthcare space, telehealth has emerged as the silent hero that is making a difference every single day by helping people stay home and stay healthy. In today's episode we have with us Kali Durgampudi Chief Technology and Innovation Officer at Greenway Health someone who has been doing his part in combating the COVID-19 crisis Welcome Kali it is an honor to have you here today Yeah great great to be here and thank you for having me today To kick start this discussion I wanted to talk about telemedicine in the pre-COVID COVID and the post-COVID era How do you think it is going to be playing out across these three different timelines? See the pre-COVID era telemedicine has been a very difficult concept to get get along even though there were a lot of entities and companies and um push towards telemedicine not a lot of uh, adoption has happened in the pre-COVID era. As with any technology, you know, we always, you know, many people have said it not me but you know, we always said that there the change is either will take a slow pace or will take a revolution in this case the revolution has happened which is the covid now all of a sudden in the covid era we are seeing anywhere from a 100% growth to 4000% growth in telemedicine visits because that's the only way most of the care can be done in in a safe way um so telemedicine uh, has really taken off in many many ways um not only from a from a technology standpoint from a behavioral standpoint from a regulatory standpoint from a adoption standpoint and so i believe that telemedicine is here here to stay um stay from now onwards and in the post covid era i think it'll be as important if not more important especially because of the burden that the physicians have taken during the covid era also the patients have now delayed a lot of visits and all of that will catch up to us in the post covid aspects of it so i think the telemedicine will play a key role uh, going forward and i think this is something that will probably is here to stay forever thank you i think that is what we are also seeing and the numbers that you stated up front uh, are fairly remarkable in terms of the amount of increase the other thing that we are also seeing is now coming back to very specifically the covid era right Uh telemedicine has been playing a critical role today in filtering and ensuring that the system is not overwhelmed at the moment. Do you have a few anecdotes of how telemedicine is being used in the current crisis? So um every provider practice now um has either adopted or in the process of adopting telemedicine. Without which many many businesses would go out of business uh from a non-healthcare standpoint. Um uh, but from a healthcare point specifically the care has to go on there are only so many things that you can postpone there are so many things only so many things that are elective so the care has to go on and especially in the primary care 
um, pediatrics area, you know, parents and patients want to get go get uh, you know their checkups done. Uh, sometimes for COVID purposes and sometimes for non-COVID purposes. So all non-COVID care cannot stop, but also the COVID care cannot also stop. So there's two particularly areas where telemedicine is useful. One in the triaging process of a COVID patient. So if you truly have symptoms, obviously a lot of people have you know set up uh, chatbots and and uh, assessment pages where you can go through. But let's say you do go through one of those assessments and you are either positive or relatively positive, then you actually need to see the physician or at least remotely to begin with. So that triaging, triaging process is, is done through telemedicine. The second way it is done is, let's say that, you know, I myself had a, a skin uh, doctor appointment and that is very tough to do it, you know, do via telemedicine, obviously, because, you know, the, the doctor had to look at, you know, several places on my body for a skin rash. Um, so, you know, I had to visit the particular physician, but in other areas, you know, whether it's ENT, um, most of the visits have, have are being done by telemedicine. Even if, when I visited the skin doctor, by the way, they offer, uh, especially if, you know, if you're talking about facial um, aspects of it, you know, anything to do with, uh, you know, dermatology, they're actually uh, doing all those now using telemedicine. And as some of, as, as I said, the telemedicine visits have exponentially increased, you know, using Zoom, using FaceTime, using Teams, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So technologies are limitless in terms of mm -hmm. using telemedicine. Great. Very interesting. So, Kali, I'm going to come back to a point that we talked about, right? The promise of telemedicine has always been there, but there have been inherent challenges relating to, uh, you know, providers' adoption, patients' adoption, as well as a fundamental regulatory challenge, right, if we're looking at the space. How has that changed in this particular time? Yeah, so very important question. See, pre-COVID era, telemedicine visits were not paid. So first, let me talk about the regulatory pillar. Telemedicine visits were not paid at the same rate as a regular visit. Plus, there was another big, um, big issue here in the United States. Physicians could not practice across state lines easily. So by relaxing those regulations now, here's what happened. One, telemedicine visits are now being paid at the same visit, uh, same visit type as a, as a regular visit. That is phenomenal because now physicians actually can get paid for doing the work that they've always done. And secondly, if a particular city or a state is overwhelmed, you can actually get help using telemedicine. So you don't have to, you know, it's not a physical travel. So I can get, so for example, I live in Florida, Florida got, you know, gets overwhelmed, you know, stay anywhere, physician practicing from anywhere, really Georgia, uh, you know, um, Seattle will, you know, even India or Philippines can actually help using using those telemedicines. Of course, they have to be credentialed and all of that correctly. But, you know, so now this has taken away the borders um, from a technology and a regulatory standpoint. Now, there are still some regulatory hurdles across the countries, by the way, but at least the state level uh, hurdles have been done. Now, the second one is behavioral. Even though telemedicine was very available to me, you know, I've gotten several invites from my my doctors and my insurance, mm -hmm. you know, say, hey, telemedicine, telemedicine is available, you know, people were, you know, really hesitant to, you know, do it via telemedicine, you know, why, um, why do it through telemedicine when you can actually drive there, you know, within five, 10 minutes. But now, 
you know, especially with the social distancing aspects of it, and especially with all the awareness of, you know, carrying germs and, you know, why go to a hospital if you don't have to? Now, even physician behavior, I mean, patient behavior is actually changing. Mm -hmm. Physician behavior is changing because now they're actually realizing that telemedicine visits are as impactful as a regular visit. The technology is as good as, you know, seeing a, per seeing a patient in person. So they're able to adjust their schedules. Now, the, the other thing is scheduling. So this telemedicine now allows the scheduling to be not just between 8 to 5, but maybe different shifts and, you know, pre's at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. You know, so convenience and scheduling aspects of it um, are also changing. So there are dynamics here that are permanently altering views. And because COVID situation is not just has been five days, mm -hmm. but, you know, a number of weeks and months, this behavior is here to stay. Got it. So you made a very interesting point on, you know, how the regulatory aspects are very different across the globe. So how do you really see the situation being different, say, in Europe versus the U.S.? And there are several studies indicating that, you know, some countries or some continents lag behind in telemedicine due to legislation issues and lack of political direction. Do you see that changing and how is it really different at the moment? I do. Um, you know, some countries that have already established telemedicine, you know, rules and regulations have obviously relaxed and, you know, are doing better. Some countries who are not there anymore have actually done it during the COVID crisis. You know, if you take India, they've actually, you know, issued some guidelines act during the crisis within a matter of days, you know, which is very unheard of from an, from an India standpoint. And the CIOs that I know from an India standpoint already have, you know, adopted the telemedicine guidelines that have, that have come out. So I think the advanced countries who are, you know, who had rules and regulations are going to relax it. The other countries who are maybe slightly lagging behind will quickly adopt it. And the, the, and because of the technology advancements that we have, I think it's going to be very seamless and easier to do all of this stuff, even in developing and, you know, underdeveloped countries. So I think this is going to be one of those game changer type opportunities in the, across the globe. And then I think I, I look forward to actually you know, even crossing international boundaries and continental boundaries when it comes to, you know, these these visits is so that, you know, doctors in truly other countries can actually see our patients in other countries. So you talked about technology and technology enabling the access. So what kind of technology shifts and changes have you seen? And what are some of the technologies apart from the collaboration technologies such as Zoom, WebEx, or even teams that have started seeing the light of day in the current situation. So, see the, the you the actual technology to provide telemedicine is one aspect of it, but the technology surrounding it in order to, to support that is is another aspect of it. So, obviously, you know the technologies are there from a Zoom to Teams to you know custom made software, you know to be able to do you know visits. The important point is the visit still be documented. The visit should still be entered into the systems because just because I picked up the phone today and, you know, started talking on a FaceTime to a new doctor that has started offering this, they still have to have an intake process. They, then the, doc, the doctor has to have a documentation process that have assessed me and cared for me. And then there's billing aspect of it based on telemedicine. So the technology is quickly adopting to you know, new ways of scheduling patients, new ways of intaking 
patients, new ways of triaging patients, new ways of documenting on telemedicine visits. Now, in some cases, see the, the technology actually will become easier to do it within the telemedicine visit because it's all digital. You know, you, you're not dealing with any ambient disturbances and noises aspects of it. So if, mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to record the, the telemedicine visit and, you know, as long as it's legal and, and regulatory approved, you know, you can do that. And there's, you know, crystal clear voices mm-hmm. that you can parse natural language processing and apply artificial intelligence behind the scenes. So I think telemedicine visits, the more and more telemedicine visits there are, the more and more uh, technology advancements are going to happen around it, mm-hmm. not around the actual telemedicine visit, because all of those have pieces have to still come together and the complete ecosystem is going to come together. And then, you know, artificial intelligence and natural language processing and things like that will, will actually add um, you know, much more meaning to those visits. Thank you, Kali. I think I have one last question for you because I believe this will summarize what we have been discussing till now. In this whole episode, one thing which is clear is that we have to make our healthcare system more resilient. And what do we do in the next decade, taking the learnings from the last few months? So in the immediate future, I think, you know, we need to ensure that we adhere to the the goodness that comes out of telemedicine. And I think we will because of all the pent-up demand that has been done. So if you look at everything that has been elective that has been canceled, if you look at um, burden of the physicians that are already on the front lines, that actually is going to create a new level of demand coming after the post-COVID era. So I think, you know, one is in the immediate future, I think, you know, telemedicine is here for, for here to stay. And I think the next step as we look towards the decade is, you know, as we talked about, ensuring that the regulatory and the behavioral concepts stick, you know, and that they don't go back. And we solve the technology challenges, you know, around it in order to make this, you know, more seamless and more adoptable than what it already has been. I do see that in the next decade or so, you know, majority of the visits could be converted into telemedicine visits. People are already experimenting with home healthcare devices that I can quickly stand on a scale and the scale is going to now communicate through the device to tell the uh, physician whatever they need to know from weight to BMI, you know, and things like that. So if with the advent of telemedicine as well as home healthcare devices, it's completely conceivable that physicals can happen from from home. Uh, It's completely conceivable that um, any types of visits, you know, that do not require any surgeries or, or um, impacting physical um, body parts can happen in a virtual way. So all of that, I think, is fair game. And I think all of that will become, you know, more and more available. And so I look forward to, you know, the days when the phones and the devices and the home healthcare devices are talking to the to the cloud and the physicians and, and everybody has access to the information, mm-hmm. you know, up to the minute and becomes a quick telemedicine visit without actually need for travel. It is actually uh, uh, heartwarming to see some that kind of a resilience in the, the whole system as well, by the way. So the whole ecosystem, um, you know, had the resilience, the agility, the heart, the, you know, the soul, you know, the depth to be actually able to do this. Um, you know, so that's the great outcome uh, from this uh, unfortunate tragedy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Kali. It was great to get your perspective. And I think we can agree that telemedicine is no longer the silent hero of the healthcare economy. 
We look forward to seeing how telemedicine will play a key role in making healthcare truly accessible across the world. Thank you for your time and it was great having you. Yeah, and thank you for having me and I look forward to uh, you know, a bright future of telemedicine as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zinov's Business Resilience series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes and subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. To know more about Zinov and if you believe we can help with your problems, please visit our website www.zinov.com or drop us a note at info@zinov.com. Thank you again and don't forget to tune in to our next episode. Thank you.